Adventures. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast and also of the Cubby Club. And we are all about reinvention. Reinvent your life, reinvent your body, reinvent your mindset, reinvent could be the way you look. It could be the way you approach your family. It could be a relationship. It could be a relationship to money. This is what we do. And what's fantastic is we know how to do it. So if you're feeling lost or you're feeling like you're drifting, or I hear a lot of people say they feel stuck. Some people say they feel old and invisible. We got you covered. Um, We know how to make you feel like yourself again. And what we say is we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And part of that figuring out what's next is talking to interesting people who have reinvented themselves. And I have a great conversation here with Monica Fraze, who has reinvented herself many times. As you know, a lot of people are serial reinventors, but I think there's an awful lot to learn from that. Um, She had to seriously reinvent herself when she found that her business, which she loved, took off, but in the area that was consuming her life, consuming her health, and she actually had to put a stop to the thing that was bringing in all the revenue, and she had just built a house, and she was supporting a family, but she did it. And it's a very interesting story about why she did it and then what she did next and how she sets her mindset up um, with a very interesting phrase to make sure that things don't go wrong. So you've got a lot to learn from Monica Phrase, and here she is. So Monica, I'm so glad to have you here. This is really exciting to speak to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's talk a little bit. You say you've been a multiple, multiple um, reinventor. And since that's what reinvent yourself is all about, let's start with where did you grow up and what did you think you were going to do? Or did you do some of that? And um, then we'll get into your reinventions. Awesome. Yes. So I am born and raised in Buffalo, New York. I still live here. We are a very loyal football football town and I I always say my sister went to Las Vegas when I was about 15 years ago I guess now and she's always tried to get me out there but I always said I'm I'm never leaving Buffalo snow and all it's just very loyal to my hometown and I would say growing up looking back and my dad tells me this all the time I had a lot of entrepreneurial spirit to me I think I was always destined to do my own thing, but I thought I was going to go to law school. I actually did get into Harvard Law and I was on the path to do that. And at the last minute I pivoted and ended up getting my MBA in finance and marketing. So you went to the law school and then you pivoted while you were in law school? I got into Harvard Law and that was like my plan was to go. I've, I've always sort of been an overachiever. So I finished my undergrad I think a semester or two early. And so I graduated early. Why? I don't know. I, I really didn't need to, but I did. And so I had a gap. And what happened in that gap was a, a few personal things happened uh, in my family that made me not want to leave home to go to law school. And then also I had started working full-time in what became my 11-year tech career. So just sort of life circumstances led me down 
to get my MBA instead of law school. And so what did you start out doing in tech? Well, I've, I feel like that was very accidental. I actually started when I was still an undergrad and I was a sales operator. And then because I finished undergrad early and I had that gap of nine months before law school was supposed to start, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? So I started working. It's what I would call like an order pusher at 20 years old. Um, I remember everyone going to like corporate happy hours and I couldn't even, they were all vendor sponsored and I couldn't even go because I was only 20 years old at the time. So I, I did a lot of order entry and that I, I did many things in tech. When I left tech, I was running uh, multi-million dollar marketing campaigns, working with brands like HP and Microsoft, things like that. So, and I really enjoyed the marketing side of things. And then what happened? When did you pivot and how did you pivot? And I'm still amazed that you grew up and stayed in Buffalo and have never left. That's incredible. Not even, not even for a few years. Not even for a few years. Yeah, you I did undergrad and, and my master's here and everything. Yeah, I know it's, but I have been, a, I, I do travel a lot. So I feel like that's one of the ways if you stick around Buffalo with all the cold weather, it's a, uh, you got to, you got to at least have a passion for traveling to get out of here sometimes. So that I do, I do travel a lot. Um, so I would say that I had two big reinventions since starting my business. The first was why I started my business and then, uh, COVID kind of led to the second one. So the first one happened because I got to meet president Obama. Uh, it started with, I launched a blog called redefining mom in 2013. And it was all about me ranting about the maternity leave policies in the U S I was very upset. And what I didn't know at the time was I was suffering from postpartum PTSD due to birth trauma. Cause I almost died having my first daughter and it went undiagnosed for 15 months. And so my angst towards being a working mom, like, cause I always wanted to work. I, I, my career had just started taking off. I had a lot of press pressure personally to quit my career. And I didn't understand that I was just sort of a mess, but mainly it was driven by my postpartum that I didn't know about. So I started redefining mom. And at the time blogging was sort of like this thing where you just told your story. And that's, that's what I did. I wasn't going to monetize it. Fast forward two years. I uh, got invited to go to the White House. I thought it was a spam email, actually did put it in spam. And a friend at work who I happened to mention it to said, hmm, you might wanna make sure that it's spam if you're actually getting invited to the, to the White House. So I look up the White House. You can actually call a switchboard there, get connected to the person who sent me this email. And it really was a legit invite for an event, a working families event. And after this event, uh, when you arrive, you have no idea if you're gonna actually meet the president because they don't actually publish his schedule or anything like that. Well, I got invited to a six person round table where he was present and he asked me my experience about being a working mom and you know, basically why I started my blog. And I really took that as an opportunity for my fireballness to come out and really tell him exactly how I felt about things. And at the end, he told me, he called me a spitfire and said, so what are you going to do about it? And I looked at him like, uh, you're the leader of the free world. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I left the white house pretty much determined to quit my job at that point. And I just really had a burning passion to, to grow redefining mom into an actual brand that I could monetize. I had no idea what that was going to look like at the time. So I would say it was like eight months later, I did end up quitting. Uh, after 11 years of working in tech, which was very scary. And I'd grown a small following at this point. And basically it was interesting because my, my small following, small, but mighty, I'll, I'll call it. How said small? To, um, it was, 
probably just a few thousand people, you know, my email list, I just started growing. So that was probably approaching a few thousand. Uh, there wasn't really any standard way that I communicated with people except through email at that point. But I didn't, again, I didn't really know how I was going to monetize that. It just felt like a conversation that I was having with a few, (laughs) a few strangers on the internet. Um, so when I quit my corporate job, the people that were following me were confused because redefining mom was really built on this whole premise that a woman's right to work. Um, I had a real big passion about like expressing myself through, through my work. And I shouldn't have to choose between being a, being a mom or having a career and all this stuff. And so they're like, but you quit your job. What's going on? I go, no, no, no. I I'm going to build a brand. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And then, and then it started coming where my audience started asking, well, I want to quit my corporate job. And I want to, I want to do things more on my terms. You know, I want to be able to see my, my toddlers at night. I I don't want to be answering to the big man anymore. And I said, that's great, but I don't know how to teach you how to do that because I I'm still working it out, but what I can teach you how to do. And this was like the dawn of what I ended up doing in the, in the grand scheme of things was the way I got to quit my corporate job was we had to have a very dialed in budget. And this is something, I mean, like I said, I have my MBA in finance spreadsheets. I, they're pretty much my love language. My husband and I had a very detailed spreadsheet and what became, it's now called the family budget spreadsheet. We developed it because we were paid on commission when we were in corporate. And so we never really knew how much money we were going to have at any given time. So we needed a way to project out you know, if we hit our commission at the highest, or if we don't, what does that look like 12 months out? How do we make sure all of our bills are paid? Cause we live paycheck to paycheck, like many people do uh, at the time. And so I ended up taking my family budget spreadsheet that we had developed and been using for years at that point and made it a digital product. And at the time, nobody really called it a digital product. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing, but at the end of the day, basically my audience had a need. So they had a problem, which is I want to quit my corporate job. What's holding me back is the money. How do I, how do I figure this out? And then the solution was, well, here's the spreadsheet that I use to get me to this point. Maybe it can help you too. And that was, that was really what kicked off what is now my business where I help other women develop their own digital products and make money from them. And what is it called Monica? So people can find it. Yes. Uh, it's called empowered business that we really, everything is centralized under my name at this point, which is Monica froze. Uh, but I really felt like I didn't want the, the mission to be about me. So that's where, when we ended up launching empowered business in, uh, let's see, it was the end of 2020. So if they look up empoweredbusiness.com, will they find you? It's empoweredbusiness.co. Co. Okay. Well, they get to the CO part of it that'll come up then, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And so you, you teach them how to start their own business and how to manage their finances so they can do it. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that one of the things growing up in what I would call online, the mom blog world, which I don't necessarily like that term, but it's the best way I can think of to describe it. There were a lot of women that I, our dear friends of mine to this day, that didn't have a business background, but sort of fell into this blogging thing. And they started making lots of money. Like I have, I know bloggers who started, who are now have million dollar businesses, but they didn't have a business background like I did. And what, so I sort of found that 
my business background, especially around numbers and understanding business finances uh, was something that people needed and didn't understand. So while I have the skill where I'm really good at helping people develop their digital products, which again, are just, you are solving a problem for your audience. I'm really good at that. And I'm really good at the numbers based on conversion rates and getting people to you and how to convert them on your email list and then how to sell to them. But I'm also really good at explaining how to actually run the back end of a business. So I sort of had those two sweet spots and that's what Empowered Business became. And so what do you do today? How many people come and what kind of successes have you had? That's really interesting because there are a lot of people listening, Monica, who are thinking about starting their own business, have no clue how to do it. A lot of people who are a little bit older and they've been in corporate for a very long time, they think Mm -hmm. they're done with corporate. They don't know what they need in terms of education um, in order to make that transition into their own business today, especially with the digital world. Yeah. And, you know, surprisingly, one of the things that, that caught me off guard actually was when I launched Empowered Business, we did a founder's round of our signature program, which is called the Empowered Business Lab. And that's basically like the roadmap. I call it the, the A to Z roadmap of you don't have a digital product and you have no way to sell it to you create the digital product, you create the sales mechanism, which we call a sales funnel to sell it. And then you go out and actually launch it to the world and make and make sales. So when I launched that, that program, it was, we called it the founders round and that was January of 2021. And we did face-to-face zoom calls. So I, we had just under 200 people sign up for the founders round and it was like an accelerated version. Like we were dripping the, the content at the same time that it was going on. So we were going to be meeting on zoom several times to talk through these things. When we got on zoom that first time, what really sort of threw me was I would say at least half the people were older and my brand under redefining mom was really built around, you know, younger moms, essentially like millennial moms. That has always been my target audience, even when I pivoted into the business side of things. And so that it kind of shocked me, but I, I came to realize that, uh, you know, through talking to them, I was, I was, I was shocked and very, I guess, humbled that they were trusting me to teach them and guide them. And what had come out of that was with the pandemic, a lot of people were being forced either into retirement or felt very um, unstable with their career and just really wanted to change, wanted more freedom. And my messaging of helping moms do that resonated with people who are older that wanted to do that for other reasons, like getting more time with their grandchildren or retiring or retiring their husband or you know, because the pandemic put them out of a job. And so that was very interesting. And that's the big invisibility about the Covey Club crowd is that everybody forgets about them and they are a powerhouse and they just are on this sort of tech bubble is what I call it, of knowing a little bit, but not knowing enough. And um, I'm not surprised that they would find their way to you. That's interesting. Yeah, it was was very interesting. So, okay. So you help people build digital brands and you've been doing that for how long? So I've been doing this. So that, that actually kind of leads into what my second big reinvention was. So there's like a little gap of time where we didn't talk about where, when redefining mom really got, got started as my full-time, I'll say full-time job before it was a business. When I quit my job, it 
I, at the time, Pinterest was exploding. So the quick version of the story is Pinterest is exploding. That's where I'm getting all my traffic from. And because of my corporate background and my love for numbers, they had just launched their advertising platform. It's called Promoted Pins. They were not publicly traded yet, though I saw the writing on the wall that they would become publicly traded. And uh, bloggers were like, why would I care? Why would I pay Pinterest to promote my stuff when I get all this free traffic? And I thought, uh, 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 the free traffic will not always be there. Eventually you're going to have to pay to play. Like every major platform goes that way. You know, their organic side will always shrink as they launch their advertising systems. And it's just the way it works. So I became a master at Pinterest advertising. And what that did was it made me very highly referable. So I launched a course that ended up making quite a bit of money. And I, I, my second reinvention was in September of 2020, I hit this wall where I was coming out of postpartum with my second child. So my postpartum period is always like two and a half years. COVID was going on. We were all isolated. So the world's in this really weird place. And suddenly I decided, I really don't like what I'm doing, even though we had just built a house, like in the middle of this pandemic. And, you know, we have a, we, I have a full-time, I have full-time employees, both that work for me on the personal side. Like I have a full-time nanny on payroll. I have full-time people in the business. And I look, I looked at my husband and said, I don't like my business at all. And that was part of this really big evolution, not just with my business stuff, but also personally. So this kicked off what eventually led me to go on a whole health journey. Um, I had, I basically, my business had overtaken my life and that's how I grew it. That's how I became successful. I just put everything into it, but almost to the detriment of myself. Like I didn't, I felt like I didn't even have an identity anymore. For one, I felt like the business was hijacked by Pinterest in terms of like, that wasn't the impact I wanted to make. I had, I, I had something else in me. Like when I started redefining mom, it was such a bigger thing to me. And all of a sudden it just became all about teaching people how to run Pinterest ads. And I'm like, this is oh, not what I want to do. Interesting. I see. I see. Okay. People were paying you for that and yeah. you lost the thread on actually helping women or actually helping others to move on in their lives or make their, improve their lives. Exactly. And at the same time I was at my heaviest weight as an adult, I would, I have always struggled with my weight. I don't even really talk about this very much publicly. I'm on the brand or anything a little bit, but I haven't really dived into it too much, but I, I had a heck of a time losing the weight after my second daughter was born. And I was very, I, I guess the best way to say it is I felt trapped uh, in myself. Yes, yes sure. And sure. yeah. And on top of that, like the gyms are closed. You know, oh I, God. Yes. I forgot. It seems like it was years ago, but yes. Right. It was, it was just this perfect storm of I'm, I feel like I'm not making the impact I want to on my business. I, and also like that guilt that comes along with, wow. Um, we have a pretty good life. Why right. am I so miserable? We just built right. this house, you know, right. a, a lot of people are losing their jobs and that, you know, we were in a really good position and right. So then I felt all this guilt around the fact that I wasn't, I guess, happy. Right. And this was like four months of really deep, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, soul searching maybe that I went through. And when I emerged in 2021, I made so many changes. One, we, we, we cut off that entire revenue source for Pinterest, which was a lot of money. I completely shut it off to launch empowered business. I, um, made my health a priority, both mental, emotional, and physical. I would say, I think I dealt with my mental and emotional health first. I started doing things like 
going on daily walks. Um, I was reading much more. I was not working more than 35, 40 hours a week. I was Good actually, girl. <laughs> I took my weekends off. So that was like the first Good half. girl. Okay. Yeah. Learning to manage it. That's great. Yeah, it, it was, it was really good, but here's the one thing I still could not get, get the weight to budge in for me at this stage in my life. I will say, I think in my twenties, for sure, teenage years and twenties, losing weight was about what society said. I should look like vanity, yes. wanting to look and fit in after right. having two kids and being in my mid to late thirties, my priorities have become, um, my hips hurt. And this is, doesn't make sense. I, I'm way, I have a two-year-old at home. I'm way too young to feel like my body is holding me back. And so in June, I really went on a quest to lose weight. And to date, I've lost 77 pounds. Holy moly. Cause I was going to say, when I saw you, I had no idea that you had any issues with weight. You look fabulous. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's incredible. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. And, but even with losing weight where I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to feel so much better about myself physically. I do, but it also brought up even more issues that I have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff that I pretty much didn't deal with before. I, I guess I was hiding, even though sure. it, to the outside world, it, I don't think anyone would have thought I was hiding, but I felt like I was hiding. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has been quite the past two years for me. And so is that a new business for you? Or are you just saying that's your personal journey now? Well, that's a very good question. So in when I relaunched, when I closed down all the Pinterest stuff and launched the brand under Empowered Business to help women with their digital products in the back end, the back end of their business. One of the things that kept still nagging at me from a business perspective was that redefining mom just has been on the shelf. And I just feel so passionate. And I would say it's expanding because it really did start with maternity leave and postpartum and having your second baby and all of like C-sections, all this stuff. But really to me, it's morphed. And I guess I picked a good name when I trademarked it because redefining, I can redefine myself whenever. But one of the the things that stands out to me is now like what I've learned on the journey of sort of rediscovering myself and what my identity is as a mom, but also outside of motherhood is learning things like boundary setting and um, like that shift of, gosh, I just, it, the things I cared about just don't matter anymore. And um, so we, we are on a quest right now to relaunch redefining mom as our, as another active brand. Um, and I'm really excited about that. That's interesting. And how old are you now, Monica? I'm 37. Okay. So you're getting to that point in life where it'll, the woods will clear. I will tell you, it becomes clearer and clearer as you get older because you care less and less about what other people think and you will just do what is right for you and you will move on that track. And that's That's the beauty of getting older is you just, you would just run out of time and you say, you know, all that wasted time. I worried about so-and-so liking me or not liking me. They're never going to like me. They're going to be people who don't. And so what? So move on, find the, find the other people who do and be yourself. And um, sounds like you're on that, on your way towards that in any case, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And actually now that just kind of clicked how much synergy there probably is between my vision for redefining mom and what you do with 
you know, telling people's reinvention stories. Yes, exactly. And um, so talk a little bit about for people who want to, well, first of all, is there anything you want to say about what you found that actually works with weight loss as you get older? It's a big issue. I mean, I don't know if you thought of going off in that direction, but as you get older, you know, it gets harder and harder um, to manage your weight um, because your hormones shift around, everything becomes uh, slower. Um, it's just harder. What did you, do you want to talk a little bit for five minutes about what you did and what you found that actually worked for you? Because that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I would say the big thing is I am such an all or nothing person in life. And uh -huh. So if I tripped up, like I'm really routine oriented. So for example, travel and I travel a lot and oh, traveling. That's bad. The travel's bad. Yeah. Yes. Cause it gets me off my schedule. Yes. So what I, what I think I did wrong for myself, all those years that I tried and yo-yoed and all that fun stuff was I, I felt like I had to be perfect with yes. all my food intake and exercise. Yes. And if I messed up, it was like, Oh, what's the point now? And I was so yes. hard on myself. Yes. So I took the tact of, okay, if this is going to work this time I kept, so I already had established my daily walks. So I was like six months into that. I was going two to three miles, five times a week at the end of my work day. Great. So, but that wasn't actually like shedding any weight, but it was good to get me moving and, you know, certainly better than sitting down 24 seven. So so I had that going for me. So then I decided that food had to be the priority. I really had to get my food in check because it was this really bad, like internal guilt cycle that I had going where every, I would shame myself for everything I put in my oh, mouth. And mm -hmm. it was just, it was, it was part of that feeling trapped. So the first thing mm -hmm. I did was I, I did track, start tracking my calories, which I used to be really resistant to. And I didn't worry about any of I didn't, I just worried about the calories. Like, oh, I had to pick one thing. Okay. Interesting. Pick one thing. Okay. So that's where I started. And then the biggest thing was I detoxed completely from sugar and I'm still detoxed from sugar. I like, it was really funny this weekend. My daughter made brownies and the whole house smells like a brownie and oh, this smells so great. And she comes to me same thing on their birthdays and stuff. She's like, mommy, will you try my brownies? And of course she made them from scratch and she did a great job and she's nine. So this is a pretty big deal for her. And I was like, I will, you, you know, mommy can't really tolerate sugar much anymore. So I'll have a little, little bite, you know, just to tell her how great they were. And so literally the smallest bite I could have and sugar is so sweet to me. So there's a thing in my head when I do oh. that that tells me, oh, this, no wonder why this was so addicting. Right. I can easily fall back into this. Right. So at this point I figure, I don't know when I would ever be able to detox off of it again. So I'm so determined to stay off of sugar. Wow. Wow. So you cut it out of your life completely. I mean, it has really? so many, and I'm a sugar junkie. I will admit up front that if I could get off sugar, I would, but it, that is, I mean, they talk about it, the more and more research they find, the worse it is. For oh, everything, yeah. you're not just doing it for weight loss. It's for aging and for your heart and for, I mean, absolutely your brain, everything. Uh, that, and I would say like the inflammation was a really big yes, thing too. Correct. So I was having, after my second was born, I felt like I was the best I can describe it. Like I was dragging my left side. It was clearly uh, not yeah. as, you know, 
my, I am dominant. Right. But it was when, for example, we, we go to Disney a lot. And I remember one, we went in the middle of summer. I have no idea why. And the humidity and stuff, I felt like my left hip and my left knee was just really acting up. And since detoxing off of sugar, I mean, obviously losing the weight has helped with all of that as well, but I am way less inflamed being yeah, off of sugar. Sure. Sure. And so then after I really got my eating under control, which I, I can say I was probably skeptical it was ever going to happen, but I feel right. like I, I have a pretty good grasp on it. Now I started I, at the beginning of this year. I was like, I really need a goal. I'm just very goal oriented. It goes along yes. with business and stuff. A lot of us are. So I said, you know, I want to run a 5k because the last time I ran was before both my kids. I had actually lost a bunch of weight before both of my kids, but I, I never got to where I wanted, wanted to be for various reasons. And I was like, you know what? I really want to accomplish this. And so then one of my good friends from high school, of course said, I said, let's sign up for a 5k three months out. So we signed up. I wanted to sign up this past March. And she said to me, well, let's just go for an 8k. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so I did the couch to 5k app. It was eight weeks. Wow. And it, blows my mind actually, because I, I started on new year's Eve of, of 2021 and it, I, it was like death running a minute, one minute. I was like, this is torture. And by the end of it, the fact that I could run 20 minutes straight was just mind boggling. Yeah, to me. sure. Yeah. Sure. And I, I just don't think I could have done that if I hadn't lost the weight. I can't even imagine having done that at my highest. Incredible. I, I, yeah. So it's been, um, it's been quite the journey. It's almost like just something, the best I can describe it is something snapped at me. And I woke up one day and I was like, I'm sick of feeling trapped. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. I understand that feeling. Yeah. When you get sick of listening to your inner talk about how this is pissing you off or you don't like, you just get tired of hearing yourself and you just say, I'm going to do something about it. So shut up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so, um, for people who want to do what you did, when you make that transition, we just have a few minutes left. What would you say are some tips or tricks to know about making any kind of reinvention? I mean, like, it's pretty shocking that you got rid of the major income source that you were doing because you just didn't find it rewarding, the, the Pinterest stuff. I mean, that's pretty gutsy. Yeah, yet really you had to do that for your mental health and you felt better about it. So how did you make that decision and how can somebody follow that kind of thing? If something is not making them happy or is toxic to their livelihood, you know, I have this unwavering ability when I make up my mind to, so we have a saying, and actually we put it on t-shirts and people are always asking me, I wear it in my photo shoots. I wore it to my event. People are always asking if they can buy it and it's, I don't do failure. And Ooh, it's just, I love that. Okay. So, and the thing is, is that I fail all the time. So like, it's funny. Cause I say, I don't do failure and I always follow up with, but I fail all the time. Love so, it. The thing is, is that the fear of failure is what holds us back. So yes. when I decided to blow up the Pinterest stuff, that was so scary. That was so, I mean, our family's livelihood and all these obligations I had just taken on with building this house were huge. They weighed on me. 
And yet I was like, but here's the thing. When I set my mind to it, I don't fail. That's what I mean when I say I don't do failure. I knew I would not fail. It might not have looked like exactly what I thought it was going to look like, but I knew I wouldn't fail. Just like when I quit my corporate job, I remember telling my husband, because that was another, that was probably scarier, honestly, because we, we were paycheck to paycheck when I quit my corporate job and we were skimming by and he was, he thought I was out of my mind at that point. And I said, I looked at him and I said, five months, I need five months and I will replace my corporate income. And I did in five months. And I just, it's like this, I'm, it's an unwavering ability to just be like, this is going to happen. And so what really frustrated me, so this is the interesting thing. The fact that I could not, and I kept having this roadblock with losing weight and it really wasn't about the weight. It was about how I felt. And the fact that I kept going in this cyclical pattern every single day of being upset of what I ate and and feeling like I couldn't break it. It was like, wait a minute. One day I woke up and I was like, why can't I apply what I've done now two major times in my life with the business to that? And it was like something just went off in me almost like, well, what do you have to lose? There's not really much to lose because you're already unhappy about this. So just do it. And this time so far, I mean, we're a year out and it's stuck. So it's a, it's just a, I will not fail. And, and that does not mean there won't be failures along the way and readjustments that you have to make and learning lessons in that. It's just that I refuse to give up is another way to put it, I guess. And it's a mindset. So you just change your mindset. Uh, yeah, I, I completely, and, and I will say, I'm not saying this flippant, like it's not hard because there are plenty of breakdowns and meltdowns that go on during any major change, you know, and doubts and what did I just get myself into, but I just don't give up. Just, I just don't, I refuse to until I, until the thing that I, that I'm seeking is there. And even with empowered business, I had a moment where I felt like, oh boy, am I a failure here? Because I, when I started losing the weight and I just felt like myself as a whole was reinventing myself. I was like, oh man, teaching digital products is sort of limiting still to the bigger, the bigger sort of impact I want to make. And that's really where redefining mom started creeping back up where I felt like that was the platform that was going to reach more people and make a bigger impact. And so Mm -hmm. then I, you know, and it's almost like a, a, an ongoing reinvention I'm going through kind of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. And I just feel like, even though, even if empowered business doesn't end up being the thing that sticks with me for years, it served its purpose in that phase to get me to the, to where I needed to go. Wonderful. Well, Monica, where can everybody find you and find empowered business? Yeah. So I've pretty much centralized everything on, uh, my own domain. So monicafroze.com. And we have a special link. So um, if you go there, if you're listening to the podcast, it's monicafroze.com forward slash reinvent yourself, all one word at the end. And basically we just keep that page updated with whatever we're doing that's relevant. And you can always find ways to connect with me there, um, particularly through Instagram. Uh, I do respond to all my DMs. I love talking to people on Instagram. Oh, that's so cute. That's great. 
that's my, that's my place. (laughs) Great. Monica, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Monica Fraze. I think she's one of those wonderful serial reinventors. And I think there's a lesson there in you never know where you're going to end up. And I have a feeling I could talk to Monica in 10 more years and she'll be doing something else. And that's the wonderful thing about reinvention is you can keep swimming like a big shark and keep finding new things to do. And if you have that open mindset, you can get there. If you enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will subscribe and also please pass it along to people who you know need to reinvent, want to reinvent, or in the process of reinventing. And if you want more reinvention info, please mosey on over to coveyclub.com where we have dozens of articles about everything you need to know about reinvention, from how to create your personal brand to how to become a thought leader to how to get on a board to whatever it is you need to do in order to make that happen. And until next time, we will see you.